0: the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell, and today, as always, I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, the 1A, of tag team wrestling he's my tag team partner nowadays he's double a he's arn anderson arn how are you this week i like all that gear you got on buddy i'm all geared up i got the arn anderson uh four horsemen design by our buddy jd hoop i got the horseman hat buddy i got the arn anderson graphic comic right here i'm, I'm all Arn anderson i am a walking talking billboard for you sir
1: Yes, you are. And it's appreciated. I like the colors too, man. That'll be good for man or woman or
0: child. I'm a big fan of the Carolina blue. And, uh, and so I love this, this color blue and, and it's nice because it's, that's in the logo too. of the horseman hat so it's it matches and it looks good and hey i want to thank while we're talking about it as well all those that are supporting the merch store whether it's the four horsemen merch the Arn merch on box of gimmicks on pro wrestling tees you all know who you are and you guys are the faithful supporters of the show the backbone and Arn and i talk about it uh you know off air all the time we're just so fortunate to have such a uh, a fantastic, supportive, loyal fan base, aren't we, Arm of the Shell?
1: Yes, you have no idea, guys. We, uh, we really value you, and uh, we try to make sure that the merch is all top shelf so that you're proud to wear it, and uh, thanks for all your support.
0: Keep it And keep it coming, man. We're trying to come up with some fun designs. J.D., who, uh, by the way, J.D. Hoop, I want to put him over. He does so much fantastic work. He's doing a lot of the gear for many of the stars in WWE, including Cody. He's doing a lot of the designs for him. He takes the time. He did the design for this sweatshirt that I'm wearing. He's working on a design for Arn's uh, Hall of Fame uh, shirt that we're going to do as well. Um, So he's becoming well-known in the business. And so I want to thank him uh for that as well but don't forget those jackets the one i have behind me it's still cold out Arn, we're expecting snow tonight as you and i record this up here in the northeast uh so you definitely want to have uh, these jackets that keep you warm and they're just like the ones that Arn and tully and the guys used to wear back in the day
1: correct there's still a lot of winter time left guys better get you something that uh It'll keep you warm, and uh, you can wad up and throw in a bag and pull it out, and it's just as good as it was when you put it in there. Durable. Durable. And, adorable.
0: and the embroidery, the work is just so good. It isn't like a, a sticker. It's not just a graphic. No, it's embroidery. So it's it's really sharp, good stuff. Um, before we get going, um, because I know we got a lot to talk about, two... Uh, places where fans can find you and Brock. First of all, as this drops on the 17th, Mad Monster Party, NBC Suites by Hilton, Concord, North Carolina, February 16th, 17th, and 18th. Be there. You and Brock are going to be there, and uh, we're excited about that big event. Freddie Miller? <laughs> That's right. You like that? Be uh, there. I
1: liked it. Well, guys, we've been promising, and and they've been making us look bad on those ships from China, but they are now Oh, here. Okay. I have about six boxes full. We will not be running out. They will be available wherever we are. Concord, North Carolina, Mad Monster Con Party, Mad Monster Party Comic Con starts 16th, 17th, 18th. And brother, they got some star power there. Ted DiBiase is going to be there. Kane's going to be there.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm starting to understand
0: why it's called a mod mad monster party. I yeah. I, I didn't know, you know, Arne, are you a mon? Like what's happening here? Are you part of the monster gimmick here? Or what's going yeah. on? Yeah.
1: You uh, Hey, Brock and our monsters just depends <laughs> on how you, how you view that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh it's, it's going to be a lot of star power. I think, you know, guys like Kiefer Sullivan and some of those, Jason Patrick. Oh, Mr. 24. Jason Keith. Patrick, you know, okay. all those guys, Lost Boys. That's a great movie. Oh, nice. Okay, so, that, so there's
0: going to be some celebrities there, too, like actors and stuff. Yeah. Not just us. Okay, I like it that's a very cool concept i love that and uh you never know uh who you're going to bump into it sounds like there so if you're in the concord north carolina area close enough couple hours driving distance go down 16th 17th and 18th aren't you guys are there all three days
1: yep and even if you're not in the mated area this one is worse than the drive
0: worth the drive there you go buddy uh another one we wanted to talk about too as we move on is dublin georgia Brock's going to be wrestling there. John Schuyler. I'll let you talk about that matchup, but it's Emerald city fight night. March the second Brock in the ring, Arn in his quarter in Georgia. The Georgia boys are back in town. Arn, now talk to me. Cause you said this is a, this is a rematch, right? Brock and John have gotten into the, into it before.
1: Approximately two years ago, Brock was just starting, uh, Obviously, John's a veteran, and on that particular night, he figured a way to veteran his way out of the, out of the match unscathed. So it's two years in the making. My friend Laser will be there, and uh, value all the work he does. Doubling as a wrestler, and he's he's really coming along, and a police officer. So we pay tribute to the to all those duties that uh, he's pulling off. I don't know how he does it, but we certainly respect you and all the other police, you know, and, and EMTs and first responders and everybody across this country. We we value you. We need you. And I'll get to hug his neck. He will be there that night. But mostly we're, we're going to be there early and we're going to have plenty of comic books and all kinds of pictures and other stuff, T-shirts. And uh, anybody that's wanted anything, you want to see it firsthand and get it. It'll be available.
0: There you go. Arne, you mentioned the comic. I know we've, uh, we've already shown our copies. If you're watching on YouTube, which by the way, subscribe on YouTube. You get to watch the video version. Arn and I are holding up our copies of his new uh, comic book, which he will autograph for you. He has plenty of them with him. If you don't have a copy, you don't have to wait on Amazon. I know they're up for pre-order, uh, Barnes and Noble, etc. But I did want to mention Marcus and I, Marcus D'Angelo, who's social media and myself, Both were fortunate enough to make a little bit of a cameo in the comic book. And what we decided to do was we put our pictures that were uh, the graphic drawing of ourselves as our Twitter X profile. So uh, just for fun, we thought, you know what, why not snap our pictures and put them as our profile pictures uh, for fun. But for those of you that want to go out and look at Twitter and see what they drew of me, first of all, they gave me a chiseled jawline. Uh, (laughs) Man, I, I wish I looked that good but just another fun little Easter egg in this awesome, awesome graphic novel. Uh, Arn, have you heard of any feedback uh, so far on it?
1: Most people are saying it's uh it's a one sitting read. Okay. They sit down and read the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and which must have them hooked and they must be enjoying it to say that. That's the, you know, a couple of things in there. They did not know about my childhood and, which may help some folks out there that don't necessarily grow up with the mother and father present. Grandparents are the superstars of that particular part of the book. Yes. Um, My grandparents raised me and I'm sure a lot of people listening were raised by their grandparents and they deserve medals of honor. That's for sure. So there's something in there for everybody. It's an easy, simple read. A lot of people will, will, uh, understand the, uh, the characters that are in there back from my time starting. And yeah, you and Marcus figured a way to wiggle your way into infamy.
0: (laughs) Listen, there is something to be said about reading it in your voice, which we all can do. Now we've been listening to you on however many episodes of the podcast and cutting promos for years and everything that you've done great in the ring. But there's something about sitting here, opening a comic book, reading it in your voice, and then seeing the pictures that bring it to life. As as it's almost you narrating it in our heads and seeing these pictures, as you talk about the vent in the middle of the floor in the house that you grew up in, and then actually seeing it illustrated, it just it's just powerful and it's just so well done. And uh, I'm telling you, if you don't have a copy, uh, this is such a cool way to read and hear about your story, Arm. I can't put it over enough. Thank you. It's
1: yeah. uh, it is it is how it all started and it doesn't start for everybody with a silver spoon in your mouth and sometimes you got to dig your way to to success in this country but the beauty is in this business you just never know
0: your spoon might not have been silver, but you decided to use that spoon, like you said, to dig your way uh, out of, of your circumstances and into a successful career and life. Wonderful family and Arn couldn't be more happier for you and your story. So guys, check it out. Um, you can go to arnlinks.com and find all the social handles and, and all the access to all the websites. And, and again, Uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can find Arn Anderson, My Life is the Enforcer, and you can find out what all the boys and girls are talking about right now with the comic book. Uh, Arn, you ready to get into this week's topic? Let's do it. All right, man. Let's do it. Last week, we concluded our coverage of June 1994 with you agreeing to partner with Dustin Rhodes. That's right. You're tag-teaming with the Rhodes and I don't know, man. You and the Rhodes is never were friends for too long, were you? This is a cautionary
1: tale, I think, about be careful what you wish for.
0: Oh, you got that right. So here you go. You're going to partner with Dustin against Terry Funk and Bug House Buck at the upcoming Bash at the Beach pay per view event, which we're covering this month. We're in July of 94. And during the promo, you told Dustin. He was going to get the old Arn Anderson, which is the title of our episode this week, the old Arn Anderson. And you might get hurt, but you expect to get hurt. And teaming with Dustin is where we're going to pick up the story uh, this week with your career. And to open the month of July, Arn, you and Dustin team together to prepare for this uh, Bash at the Beach uh, event. And uh, you have a a match that takes place on July 9th, 1994 on an episode of WCW Saturday Night. But before we move on to the actual match, a couple of questions about this. Uh, First, What are the major differences? Because this would be a live show on WCW Saturday night. This didn't happen that often. Can you talk about the differences in working a live match uh, that you know is going to air a little bit later? Is there more pressure versus that, versus recorded? Or did you not even consider that at all? Live, you know, uh, maybe being taped and aired later. As a performer, it didn't matter to you. You were out there giving the same kind of performance. The
1: only one that, that that would affect would be the people that are trying to keep up with the storylines. But as far as the actual work in the match, they were all live. Every mm-hmm. single one of them was live. Some were taped. Some were live to tape. Some were delayed two or three weeks. It got, I would you know kudos to the fans that you know might get lost in the order of the way things were taped. But you know they're they're smart, they're savvy, and they figured it out.
0: So, for you, it's like, hey, safety net, no safety net. That didn't even mean a thing to you. It was the same old performance, same old cutting promos. No, it, it, there was no difference. Shitting and getting. Shitting and getting is uh, was wow. our motto. Uh, but so here we go. So that's live. I wanted to talk to you about that. But everyone that listens to this show knows what you think of Dustin Rhodes. And in this match, the two of you face Steve Kern and Bobby Eaton. Kern and Eaton are very capable opponents aren't workers, tag team wrestlers, Uh, but how do you think you and Dustin did as a team in these early encounters? Did either of you think it was important to actually work as a team or did it matter knowing that, Hey, the payoff is I'm going to turn on your ass anyway. So let's just go out there kind of, you know, doing more of an individual style tag team versus worrying about trying to do the old drop toe hold, someone come off the ropes with the elbow type stuff.
1: Well, they were a established team, and we, you know, I know in my mind, I was just going to go out and do what I do well, not necessarily try to formulate this continuity with with Dustin is suddenly becoming a a great team because that's not the way it works. That comes in time, you know. It's it's sure. being together, and it's it's uh, your intuition about what's fixing to happen and it turning out to be right or wrong. You know, it all goes into becoming a great team. I think we both just went in there to do what we did well, and hopefully catch one of those guys on their roller skates and catch a fall on them.
0: We uh, we we continue on with so you and Dustin. They have you tag teaming your best buddies. It looks like on television, they want to continue to build the story to bash at the beach the following week on WCW Pro. You and Dustin save Brian Pillman from a stud stable beatdown. Uh, This would be on July 16th, 94. Pillman won the match by DQ when uh, Bunkhouse Buck ran out and attacks Pillman uh, after Pillman hit air Pillman on Funk. And during the bout, Pillman dropped Funk with two pile drivers on the floor. After the match, you and Dustin make the save. You clear Robert Parker's guys from the ring. Uh, by the way, Ming, he just remained outside. He didn't get involved. So that was probably good for you and Dustin, wouldn't you say? Nobody's going to
1: clear Ming out of anywhere. That's right. He
0: will stay wherever he wants
1: for as long as he wants. And just hopefully he's got something scheduled that he needs to be at. So he leaves or he would just shut the show down, stand there. And what are you going to do about it?
0: And, and it was nice because they keep him there and that's still bodyguard, intimidating, you know, kick-ass type character. I, and, and, and I think that was perfect for him at, at this point.
1: Well, you had to be, if you're smart, no matter what you were doing, that was paying off offensively. If you're looking good and you don't look around to see where me is at all times, you're a fool. That's a distraction enough to give them an advantage.
0: For sure. And at this point, you and Dustin are teaming together and making sure all the fans know that you're united. You and Dustin are are together. You're against the stud stable. This is all part of building what's to come. And we do have the benefit of knowing how this angle is going to end at this point. But how do you think the company did in terms of building the storyline together, getting those fans behind you and believing in this team with you and Dustin? Was this a a good way to get people invested in the storyline, you being Dustin's partner? Uh, I feel like they're doing a nice job here. You're coming out, making the save and and, and all that good stuff. Are, Are you thinking they're doing a nice job with this here?
1: I don't think I tipped the hat. To anything, I mean, we were, uh, we were concentrating on, uh, being partners for this big match. And I think that's the way it was viewed. I don't think anybody smelled anything rotten anywhere. It just business as usual.
0: One of our, our listeners, John Hayes put it best on Patreon about Ming. He said Ming was basically odd job from Goldfinger. remember the James Bond movie. That's, that's who his character was at this point. Pretty
1: much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We have a fan question that comes from Bryant Haremza. He wants to know more about Colonel Parker. He said, Colonel Parker would wrestle occasionally on the house shows this month, here in July. Do you think the fans of WCW got to see the full talent of Robert Fuller, or was he not allowed to be uh, his full self as a performer in WCW?
1: Well, no. the, The best Robert Fuller prior to becoming Colonel Parker was as a babyface, you know, he was very, yeah. very good, very good babyface, a lot of skills, just like Jimmy Golden prior to Bunkhouse Buck was great babyface. But when he became Colonel Parker, if you listen to that promo that he cuts on me, and it was a pretty scathing one uh, from last week's show, right? Yes. He cut a pretty good word. Listen to the verbiage and listen to I mean, go back and listen to it. And see how entertaining it is and how he never misses a beat. He doesn't he doesn't do anything that's not flawless for that character. And he, and he hit it every single time. You give him a mic, there was never an instance that he fumbled.
0: Um, we're going to get to uh, what happened at Bash in the Beach with the turn and your match. Uh, but before we get to the pay-per-view we do want to mention arguably a more important event than the Flair Hogan dream match that we're also going to talk about at this event, uh, for the WCW world title. And that was Vince McMahon. This month was defeated. Uh, I'm sorry. He defeated the federal government in court and was exonerated on all charges stemming from the distribution, uh, of the steroids and the whole steroid scandal. Uh, Jerry McDivitt, obviously, uh, the lawyer and has always been Vince's steadfast lawyer. Uh, but, Charges are dropped. Do you remember what the reaction of WCW locker room was when that verdict was handed down? Do you remember anything around this time period in regards to uh, the scandal, especially when they announced that he was cleared?
1: I have no idea what I thought at the time. I know I was getting ready for a big match in my career. Yeah. And that overrode anything that was, would possibly happen or didn't happen or what happened. So it didn't affect me. That was in the rearview mirror. The whole WWF thing,
0: that whole the whole steroid thing, it wasn't a big buzz with the boys at WCW.
1: No, I think the thought was, if you if you have a, a good enough lawyer and you've got unlimited funds, you could probably beat anything.
0: This episode of the Arn Show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed at bluechew.com. Isn't that right, Arn?
1: One thing I found out the hard way is that aging does no jobs. You will not win in the war with aging. But prior to this, there was no option on how to fix it. You just had to suffer with it. I'm gonna go the rest of my life no sex, but, but Blue Chew said, no, that's probably not the way we're going to go about this. And we're not going to charge you $60 a pill. We're going to make it affordable. We're going to make it work. And you can take your beat up old body and turn it into a sex machine.
0: Uh, that's right, Arn. Blue Chew is the hot tag you didn't know you need but you want it and my god now you know you need it listen it's so easy it's that unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra cialis and levitra but it's in chewable form and it's simple bluechew.com we love simple things don't we Arn?
1: yeah man don't make it hard well do make it hard Almost said the wrong thing. Yeah,
0: We don't want to make it hard on you to make it hard. No, we want to make it simple to do so to get it hard. And listen, when you head over to BlueChew.com, you're going to talk to one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you're going to get a prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. There's no weird awkward visits to the doctor's office. No strange conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. So let's tell you how to do it. we got a special deal for our listeners. You can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code ARN to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. It's BlueChew.com promo code ARN. And you will be in heaven, my friends, back in the game with Blue Chew. We want to thank Blue Chew for supporting the Arn Show. And make sure you use that promo code Arn. That's right, bluechew.com, promo code Arn. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Maybe back in those days. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case in the future, uh, for sure. And we'll leave that there. But uh, Arn, we've arrived at the main topic of our show this week, and that is Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. This is one of the most important WCW pay-per-view events in the history of the company for a number of reasons. This is the in-ring debut of Hulk Hogan, which you and I have been talking about week after week as we build to him being there. The entire event Arn is built around him making his debut. Uh, WCW is selling this whole thing as the dream match, Hogan versus flair. Uh, you know, the consummate world champion, the staple of Southern wrestling, taking on that longtime champion from the other company. And, uh, you know, the event featured heavy celebrity, celebrity involvement as well, really for the first time under WCW's banner. And then finally, this pay-per-view would set the tone for what WCW would do for the next couple of years, including creating uh, Nitro. Uh, So we're going to get into it. It takes place in Orlando, Florida at the Orlando Arena in front of 14,000 fans. 9,000 were paid, 9,111. That's a pretty good ratio. Um, And I want to start our coverage by mentioning the match featuring Vader and Ray Traylor the former boss, we've been referring to him as the Boss Arn here on the show, uh, but now he's going to be going by the Guardian Angel. And I think you mentioned it a few weeks ago. I can't. Be- you said I can't believe that we were uh, able to get away with him being called the Boss. Well, not anymore. Uh, on air, Nick Bockwinkel says he stripped the Boss moniker. There's no more uh, handcuffs, nightsticks, etc. After the Spring Stampede pay per view, but in reality. It was all due to a lawsuit filed by WCW for trademark infringement. Um, I'm sorry for using the company's intellectual property, the WWF. So, boss is no more. It is the guardian angel. What did you think of the change in Ray Trailer's gimmick to the guardian angel? I mean, did that, did that even have a chance to get over in WCW?
1: I'd rather seen him being called Ray Trailer.
0: I'm with you. Which eventually would would happen.
1: He looks like Ray Trailer.
0: He does. He looks he like does, a Ray Trailer.
1: He doesn't. When when I hear Guardian Angel, I think of the guys up in New York that do a lot of good patrolling the streets. But that's the first thing that comes to mind for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I know looking at that matchup on paper, that was more exciting than what you called Ray Trailer.
0: It says we're trying. We're still trying hard to make you think his gimmick is still. A nightstick guy. No, just let it go. It's time to let it go and move on. Quit clinging to the big boss man character.
1: Well, yeah, because he's a good enough performer to pull it off without it.
0: Yeah, right. Let's just give up the nightstick crap and and, and all the... yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. As for the match, Vader tried to use a retractable nightstick given to him by Harley Race, but the Guardian Angel knocked the nightstick out of his hand, picked it up and got caught by the ref. The match ended in DQ Arn, and allowed the feud to continue in the next several months. So we move on from there. And up next, we have a couple of friends of the show, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan. They lose their tag team titles to the team of pretty wonderful. Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff and a match that goes 20 plus minutes. The finish comes when cactus was pinned by Orndorff as Roma held his foot down out of the referee's view. So it's a heel way to, to win the belts as they should. They were the heels. You like that finish?
1: Yeah. And I like, I like them as a team, which I've said before. Yeah. Paul and Paul were an excellent team. They, they looked, you know, their bodies were incredible. They were tan. They're handsome guys. They had skills similar and, uh, I thought they made a really good team, much, much better than Paul and I.
0: And, uh, so the loss of the titles also on sets up the departure of cactus. He, uh, the next 60 days, he's grown increasingly unhappy with his position in the company felt WCW did not take advantage of opportunities to use him properly in a more prominent role, including how he lost his ear in Germany so Cactus is, uh, is, is a little bit disgruntled here, and he's uh, turned in his notice and says, Arrivederci, uh, I'm gone. What do you think about that?
1: Well, every, every talent in this business switches companies with the exception of just, just a couple. Uh, and when you make a move like that and you quit a stable job like he did, You've obviously got something, uh, some other iron in the fire somewhere. You got to have a backup plan unless you just bet on you and go, that's not what I what I feel like I should be doing. And if I find something else out there, fine. If not, I'm doing it anyway.
0: It's got to be something, too, where frustration just fits, sits in, where you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. Maybe cactus going the creative, whoever, whatever that looks like, the bookers, I don't know, back then in WCW, but saying, hey, first of all, I had the ear come off. You didn't want to do anything with that. Maybe he's had this idea, that idea, and feels like he's kind of banging his head against the wall. And for a guy like that, who we've now come to find out is a genius, really, when it comes to creative thought and idea, uh, obviously an accomplished writer, to your point, it could have been I'm going to bet on myself. I I feel like I, you know, obviously WCW doesn't have real direction with me. And that can honestly happen to guys where they just get kind of burned out with a company who who doesn't really have the same view of them and their character as they do of themselves.
1: Well, maybe he was smart enough to see in advance the direction of the company that was going to be Hogan, Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah. Bingo. And,
1: And you know, you're going to be way down the, uh, Way down the uh, you know ladder, as far as importance and
0: time to go. It's unfortunate because as we play armchair, armchair quarterback, how fun would it have been to see a baby face hogan against a really ramped up, crazy, really heel cactus jack? There could have been to me, there could have been money as a fan in that feud if they built it the right way. I don't know. A maniacal, psychotic cactus.
1: I never thought about it. Mm. I know that there was going to, you know, even though Hulk Hogan walked in the door as Hulk Hogan, his opponents had to show you on our television show what that means. They may have seen him on WWF, but when it comes to a different company that has a different style by and large, We have to show him what he's capable of. I don't know if necessarily, maybe, maybe, and possibly working with, with Jack, you know, he could have pulled it off. You'd have to see what that chemistry was.
0: Yeah. Attacking him in parking lots, being a little more violent than what we're used to seeing with Hogan. It could have taken it into a fun direction, but we'll never see it. TJ Stevens, by the way, TJ shout up, long time listener of the show, friend of the show, friend of mine. He said, Did you know at this time that this was it for Cactus Jack? If so, what'd you say to Cactus on the way out? So Arn, did you have any remember having any conversations with Cactus around this time?
1: I don't know that I necessarily knew that was his last show. I don't know that I knew, and if I didn't know that I wouldn't have said anything. Uh, obviously there was nothing to say. It was just business as usual. Another big show. Um, I don't remember if I knew that he was leaving or not.
0: Yam bag Jones, our resident funny man and shit disturber of the orange show. He says by the end of 94, who would you, who would you have guessed had a higher ceiling in the business? Dustin Rhodes or cactus Jack.
1: (sighs) Ah. I thought Dustin had a very bright future. I mean, he's wrestling royalty. He's a Rhodes. He's young. He's, he's healthy. And he's picking it up. You know, he picked up, he's a Ricky Steamboat type wrestler. He's a wrestler. It's not a gimmick. It's not a, you know, he he can't, yeah, he's a natural. And whoever gave him that, if it was his dad, wasn't being pompous. He saw what we all saw. He was a natural and he is a natural.
0: He still is. He's still wrestling when he, from time to time, and he looks great. You bet. And he's competitive with Mm. these,
1: with this group of guys, just not easy.
0: Let's talk about him a little bit more because you and Dustin take on Terry Funk and Buck Buck in a tag match and buddy. You turn into old Arn Anderson here, pal. The match begins with you and Terry in the ring, exchanging collar and elbow tie-ups with neither of you gaining the upper hand. Someone should have been waving the red flag at this point. But instead, Dustin tags in and works the next eight or nine minutes completely on his own. At points, you try to help him, only to be pushed back to the corner by the referee because you're not the legal man. Finally, Dustin takes Funk and Bunk out long enough to make the hot tag to you, and when he does, the 11,000 fans respond with a huge pop. You have him in the palm of your hands, Arn. Huge pop. You hit the ring. As the crowd settles down, you take the win out of the building. When you grab Dustin and hit him with the DDT and put Terry Funk on top of him for the win, and there we have it. The old Arn Anderson is back. Arn. Talk to us about this match and the way you guys perfectly executed your heel turn. The crowd was completely invested. You had them. You had them, dude. They were in the palm of your hand. And what does that take from a performance standpoint? I mean, the execution, and I know we can't watch clips anymore, was absolutely perfect. And here you are, back where you feel comfy, working heel, man.
1: The hot tag that never was.
0: Mm, So good.
1: Well, you have to have, like you said. I think Dustin worked about eight or nine minutes, and a lot of that I would suggest to say the probably the last five or six was him digging the tag, and he was in trouble. Uh, And you got to let that build, let it build, let it build. Is he and something that's a lost start these days? Getting one member of a team so beat up and so down it's a possibility he's not going to tag imagine that as a as a thought process you know a lot of people just sit there on the edge of the seat waiting on that hot tag well what if things are so distressful that there might not be one now there's a whole different other train of thought uh and you're right you know to not be a baby face but at least having Dustin set the tone for that hot tag when I remember that as clear as anything, when he tagged me place popped and I mean, popped and I came in fired up. I got this and then stuck him with the DDT served him up on a platter. One, two, three. And then <laughs> I got heat afterwards. Right. Didn't, oh, didn't we break broke his arm. Didn't we?
0: Yeah, so I know I'm, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what happens here. But, Arn, you know, as you were talking about that, I'm sitting there. You know who I'm thinking about? The Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton used to come in and take that. The magic of them was Tim taking that beating at every schoolgirl in the crowd screaming and crying until they finally got that hat tag to Robert Gibson. That was the magic and the beauty of teams like that back in those days and what made tag team wrestling so fun.
1: Major partner. Yes. You need him. It's not that you want him sometimes, but you need him if you get in trouble. That's the whole thing that makes tag wrestling so fun to watch. Uh,
0: I want to note that this segment was so critical that in a stand up interview before his total match, Ric Flair even called you the old double A. Pretty clear the company had something larger on the horizon planned when the defending world champion, Mentioned what had just happened prior to his match interview. And what was planned will be the topic of this show. I don't want to spoil it in two weeks. As an old foe, Dusty Rhodes calls you out and uh, called you a walk behind her. So we're going to get into that because next week we're ask on anything. But it's coming, August 94. The shit's hitting the fan with you and the Rhodeses once again. And I can't wait.
1: What are you smiling
0: about? <laughs> I'm trying to get you all fired up, buddy. I'm looking forward to this. This uh, it was
1: a uh, you know that the the results of that match are something that that's something my career needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, it was a major shot in the ass for me. It put me back on the radar, and uh, you know some people when you've been partners with somebody as long as Rick and I have been, they never accept anything but that.
0: Yeah, that's you know what I they mean? want to see. That's right.
1: And I think they had a big sniff of uh, more to come.
0: They did. They got a taste. And, and of course, we have uh, a couple questions here from our listeners. The one Justin Whitley wants you to make a comparison. How does Orn feel about how WCW handled his story here compared to how they handled the end of his in-ring career?
1: Um, yeah, I thought we did a good job. It was pretty much up to the talent to pull it off. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody saw that coming, uh, necessarily. Um, because I really wasn't a firm member of the stud stable at that time. It was like, you know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 This was the transition for sure. This is when you would, uh, Start to make that turn. And Chris Scum actually asked Was Arn excited to finally be a part of the stud stable due to his time in the Fullers Southeastern Championship Wrestling, or did he feel it was a downgrade after being a horseman for so many years?
1: No, it wasn't a downgrade, and that it was some of the most fun locker room time. I there mean, he's Robert Fuller is funny, he's knowledgeable. Jimmy Golden, Bunkhouse Buck, same thing. And if you don't get a chair and sit down in any locker room that Terry funks in and just try to learn and be entertained then you're foolish, he's special.
0: And sometimes there's something to be said, like what we see on screen, the horsemen, the Stud stable, you know, and where we were, but it's like you said, behind the scenes. There was probably so much, it was more fun or and not saying you didn't have fun with the horsemen, but it's probably you get to hang out with some guys that maybe you haven't gotten to hang out with for a while. And it's just fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And these guys are legends. They were, uh, they were a, about a half a, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're ahead of me in the business. Okay. They're, you know, they're like, their careers were say 10 years ahead of me, roughly. Sure. So, you know, I looked at them with respect and I was watching them when I was, they were already established and top guys when I was a teenager.
0: And, and that's what we get to learn here on the podcast is how your outlook on some of these guys. Cause as fans, we just saw, okay, now you're with them. We don't really get to see through your eyes of, Hey, I was a fan of these guys know, I watched them when I was growing up in the business. Now I get to hang out with them. We're buddies. I worked in their territory. And so now as podcast listeners, we get to kind of understand it a little bit more from your eyes and how you felt about it, which I think is pretty cool. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there was an evolution there when I worked for him in Continental, they were baby faces Yeah, and, and I was a green, you know, not, not too much time in heel with a good partner, Jerry Stubbs. And anyway, wrestling those guys, and wrestling Bob Armstrong, and any combination of those guys—Ron Fuller, Robert Fuller, Jimmy Golden, Bob Armstrong—you know, getting to wrestle those guys at that point in my career was such a learning experience because they taught me in the ring.
0: It helps us as fans too, who want to go back and watch some of this era again, just have a deeper appreciation for what you're enjoying, realizing you're enjoying this part of your career, maybe a little bit more than what we even realized kind of understanding this opportunity for you. Adam Krasnov has another question this week. He said bash at the beach is where we get reacquainted with the line. The old Arne Anderson would smack his granny in the mouth for 50 cents. Was that a common expression from where you grew up or did you just come up with it right here on the fly? And are you surprised by how the line has become memorable all these years later?
1: it's preposterous being how much I love it and honored my granny.
0: It's exactly right.
1: You know, it got, but that was like a real life behind the scenes feeling. This was showbiz, and it was yeah. so preposterous. I mean, who says that
0: the old Arn Anderson, I guess, I <laughs> guess
1: shock value. And I guess that's the thing that I hear a lot of, you know, a lot of the time when they talk about promos, you know, when you grabbed the mic, people listened and yeah. it was because of stuff like that. I thought would imagine
0: just like the Glock promo, which by the way, people were starting to talk about again recently. Did you see that? Huh. Oh, it became big news again when, uh, Cody tried to turn over his match to the rock and he walked out the ring head down. You can have my, you can have my total shot rock. I'm gonna forego, and now that's all changed since then. Obviously, but I'm gonna forego my title shot and give it to you. And all of a sudden, your promo in AEW with, you know what you need to do. You know how you said, Cody, you need to quit being so nice when someone, and you you pull out the Glock and you blow their brains out. That whole your promo came to life again on social media, by the way, because it was like, there's Cody again, turning turning down his big shot, just like Arn said in that promo in AEW. Wow well <laughs> I guess
1: relevancy is oh it's so good you know it's it's these things once you put them on film or put them you know
0: yeah, on your on TV, it lasts forever. <laughs> You got it. Yep. Your promo became a thing there for a while on social again. Arn Anderson was right when he said it. Cody's being passive again. Here he goes. Arn told him what he would do. He'd pull out that Glock and broad their brains out on the, on the concrete, but they've already adjusted their storylines because the crowd, I know we're going off topic here, had a shit fit when they realized that Cody was going to step away and not take the match. At WrestleMania, have you heard any of this? And now they've moved it back to, 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 Cody versus uh Roman at WrestleMania. Yeah. I
1: try to, to not comment on things. I have no control I, over.
0: I understand. I understand. It's, but, it's, 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 but,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's the thing about wrestling fans. If you listen to them, they will tell you what they want. The only mistake you can make in this business is not listening to them. That doesn't mean you let the wrestling fans govern your company and book the company for you, but you better listen to what they're thinking and what they like and they don't like and what they're going to buy and what they're not going to buy cuz they'll tell you. You just got to be smart enough
0: to listen. The New York Fed just announced that credit card debt hit 1.13 trillion dollars. And while the nation's credit card debt is at an all-time high, yours doesn't have to be. Here's a little secret. Your home value is still likely higher than what it was when you bought it. So why not put that equity you've built to work and use it to pay off those high-interest credit cards? And you can do that right now by going to SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did we mention skipping your next two house payments? That's right. No house payment for two months. Let the team at Save with Conrad run the numbers and see what's possible for you. Give them a call at 888-425-0105 or go to www.savewithconrad.com today. And MLS number 32416, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... you're always going to have one or two or three people or whatever, a small minority that may not like what you're doing. And that's okay. That's going to be anything. But when there, when it is the broad majority, the vocal majority that's starting to all sing off the same sheet of music, you might want to hit a timeout and type, take a look at it and see, are we let's doing- talk about, let's talk about this. A little yeah. Bit. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You got it. All right. I let's move on here to the main event. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, no, no. I just, that's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, let's move on to the main event here uh, of the evening. It's Hulk Hogan defeating Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight title. They made it happen quick, Arn. He's in the company, he's winning the world title. 20 minutes, 54, 21 minutes, 54 seconds. The match was what could be expected a lot of posing, working the crowd from Hulk Hogan, heelish tactics from the Nature Boy, Sherry getting involved. Yep, that's right. Sherry Martel's here. The finish comes when Sherry tried to interfere on Flair's behalf and Mr. T prevented her from doing so. That's right on. Mr. T is there carrying her back to the locker room and they brought Mr. T back from 1985 WrestleMania in for the show. Hulk would make the big comeback. You got three punches, the big boot, the leg drop and bing, bang, boom the win for the WCW world title. And we got a lot of questions for you, Arnold, on this one. Brad Stanton was inspired by the description uh, that we gave our AFS members for this episode. And he wrote, in the description, you guys wrote the word dream match was used. What's your opinion on a dream match? An example, Hulk versus Flair without a story or build. Can you call something a dream match if it doesn't necessarily have uh, a story or build again, this is just going off the two guys reputations.
1: I think it's probably the one you thought you'd never see. And certainly not just all of a sudden, you know, there it is. You're in your knee deep in the angle without any setup or, you know, uh, building towards it, teasing it, all those things.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, Arn, is it one of those matches that you don't necessarily need a story for because it is so big?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, you can look at it two ways. If it just comes out of nowhere and you go, God, I never thought I'd see this one. Maybe two guys pass in the hall. One pops off. The other one turns around, takes umbrage with it and says, is that right? And you got an angle. You got to oh, like to yeah. see that one. Yeah. You know, without a build and then there are other ones that need to be built because it's just not plausible. Say it's a heel match. You can get to that just because both guys are smart asses. Mm. But babyface match, you know, where the crowd is split half on half and half. It takes some building to let me decide which of these two guys that I liked yesterday equally now I got to choose one.
0: Right? I'm with you, I think, for Hogan and Flair because people wanted it so bad. The magazine readers, uh, you know, the wrestler of the 80s. Which one was it, Flair or Hogan? It it wouldn't take too much to make it a dream match, uh, in my mind, just as a fan. So Uh, Alex Paris Redondo wants to know, Arn, how is Mr. T backstage? Do you you have any interaction with um, old B.A. Baracus from the A-team, Mr. T.?
1: He was in Hogan's locker room pretty much the entire time. He went to the ring for the match, came back. I don't know that I ever even had a conversation with him.
0: Nick Lenz has a question about the celebrities at the show. Arn, did you get a chance to meet Shaquille O'Neal at the Bash at the Beach?
1: Very personable, very knowledgeable wrestling fan.
0: Now, did you get a picture with him or anything? I do have a
1: picture. Oh, of nice. Him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Very I cool. mean, he's Shaq, bro. He's special. I know,
0: man. You got to get a picture with Shaq. In his business, he is special. Absolutely. You did know? you ever meet Michael Jeffrey Jordan by chance? Michael Jordan.
1: Um, I think it's just to say hello. And I think it was Barkley is the one that, who was really a big wrestling fan and, And I spent a little time out, you know, with Barkley. There was one night in Phoenix, right out the back door of the ramp that goes down into the building. If you leave the ramp, it dead ends into a little outdoor bar. Rick was the one that was friends with him. I just was tagging along, but got to spend, you know, a couple beers, an hour or two with him. And uh, funny guy, okay, nice guy very respectful of our business and as we are of his.
0: I had to ask about Jordan because I know he has ties to Charlotte too. So I didn't know if you had, uh, had any, and he was my, 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 I was big Jordan fan growing up. So wasn't sure if you got to meet him. Oh, well,
1: I mean, he's, he's the man.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He he'll
1: is. Al- he'll always be the man in his industry.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, that's cool that you got to meet Shaq, though, and got some pictures. The professor, professor, I'm sorry, Drew Landry has a great question here. Did you enjoy WCW turning into more sports entertainment than wrestling? Example. What's that? Example. Well, just the fact that now Hogan's here, Mr. T's coming in, here comes Shaq. You more know, integration now, man, man, man. of outside right.
1: people, stars yeah. in the business. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't too bad, you know, seeing Kiss backstage.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess that does lead to cool opportunities, like you just said, of getting to meet some people like that.
1: You know, meeting, uh, you know, different guys that were not just, you know, also rounds, but the best of, you know, the best at what they do. Sure. Uh it was pretty cool. I mean, when Michael Jordan walks by, you see that air that's around him and you see that presence. You know that he's he's something. Sure. Something something special, you know. Barkley same way, but in yeah. a different way, you know, Shaq different but the same. It's just they have this air of stardom star power that just radiates from them.
0: I'm sure you got to interact, and we'll get there as we go through the Nitro years, but Carl Malone was back, was through there, right? Super nice guy. See, that's cool, man. You got to meet guys like that doing in wrestling. I mean, to me, as a basketball NBA fan, especially back in the 90s and early 2000s, that would have been awesome. You know,
1: it don't suck walking around the corner and seeing Mike Tyson standing there. That's cool, too. (laughs) and, And him going... For like he's glad to see you, and you're glad to see him, and you have a big handshake and and a hug, and uh it's like, damn, my guy knows who I am. How the hell did that happen?
0: That's the night you can't can't wait to uh, pick up the phone and call, Aaron, and say you're never you never know you what got, happened tonight.
1: Bet your ass.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Oh yeah, that's one of those key. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A wrestling historian said, "Given your experience in the WWF, were you confident about Hulk Hogan making WCW successful, being the World Heavyweight Champion, or did you know there would be some problems later down the road?" Thanks in advance.
1: I was just hanging on with both hands for the ride. I didn't know what to expect. Anybody says, "Well, anybody says if they predicted anything, they're lying." Because, I mean, that's, it's a big deal. He was their top guy for a lot of years, and he changed his company, which you never thought you'd see. And then what's going to actually be the pairing, and who you going to angle him with, and who's he going to be in a, in a war with, and a lot of questions to ask. And, you know, it, it, uh, it was just wait and see, I think.
0: Sure. Gavin with a great question. Why did Hogan versus Flair work in WCW after falling flat in WWF?
1: Uh, Probably because that was Hogan country. He was the home team, and I don't think there was ever a point that Rick got any heat on Hogan up there, did he? Did he do anything to piss anybody off?
0: I, I, I don't... Hogan was on such a level in WWF. I don't think, and not that Flair, you know, Flair won the championship, but still I think coming down to Flair's company, Hogan still being huge. I feel like it's more of an even playing field with those two versus the WWF Hogan Flair. Maybe I'm off, but that's just how I look at it.
1: No, I think you're pretty close to being right because, you know, it was the it was the responsibility of Hulk to bring his fans with him
0: to our show. Hulk was global. Hulk was global. You know uh, what I mean? Wherever sure. company he went to, Hulk was gonna be huge.
1: You could stop anybody on the street. You could do walk up to a food truck and go, Hey, you know who Hulk Hogan is? And everybody huh. in the area would go, Of course, he's the wrestler.
0: Buddy, I'm watching the Super Bowl. And Tony Romo has a Hulkamania reference to a clothesline. A guy did on a tackle the other night in the Super Yeah, I don't know if you, if you noticed it or not, but there was a, a almost a clothesline tackle and, and, and it, and, and the wrestling, uh, reference was Hulkamania. It was P it's just, it's just what people go to. I'm like, well, Tony, you just aged yourself, but that's what people still go to is Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania.
1: True, Sloan, Tony Romo was watching Hogan when he was a, a kid.
0: Oh, sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay. Sorry for all you cowboy haters out there, but uh, that was just a reference that shows you in general pop culture, he's still going to be the name that people end up going to in a lot of ways. So, by the way, what do you think? Chiefs win in the Super Bowl. What'd you think of that game? Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Second half, what I thought was, much, was twice the game that the first half was. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was excited. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the first half too much.
0: Yeah. A lot of turnovers, fumbles on both sides of the ball and defensive battle. I,
1: a lot of mistakes and, you know, yeah. not, not many touchdowns.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Four field goals was the difference, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely turned into an exciting game heading into overtime Chiefs win. And there we go. Football's done. And now Arn, hopefully our teams can figure their shit out to try to be more competitive next year. So we'll see what happens. <sighs> Let's move on to Thomas Danucci's question. Like so many of your fans, he's also a Sherry Martell fan, and he said, I always like the Sherry Martell. Ric Flair combo, does Arn have any thoughts or memories that he can add to what you guys talked about last week? Why specifically does Sherry work so well with Ric Flair, especially against Hulk Hogan? Those two did have good chemistry working together.
1: Yeah. And you, you had Mr. T get involved with Sherry and take her to the carrier to the back. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: He's probably lucky she didn't stretch him and carry him to the back.
0: Exactly right.
1: Sherry Martell is double tough. Mm. Make no mistake, double tough. And you know, you know, Rick would, you know, sensational with Sherry and he would feature you, feature her as, you know, this almost like she was Marilyn Monroe. And that was a lot of the heat, you know. Rick would take the time to put her over. Oh, yeah. She, she wasn't just, you know, just uh part of his stick or just like a gimmick. She was part of the team.
0: You nailed it. Not only was she great at what she did, but Ric Flair recognized her for how great she was at what she did. And that was the, that was what, what worked
1: on a regular basis. He put her over, he made her special.
0: Yeah. Well, are in the pay-per-view, well-received, drawing a 1.02 buy rate and 225,000 pay-per-view buys. Listen to this. It makes us the largest pay-per-view in history. Com- by comparison, Slambury, Spring Stampede, and Super Brawl 4 drew half the number of pay-per-view buys, with Slambury drawing 105,000, Spring Stampede 115,000, Super Brawl 110,000. This did two hundred and twenty-five thousand. I mean, come on.
1: How much per buy? Just a rough estimate.
0: Oh, I I, 40, I don't have... 39. Oh 40, god, yeah.
1: 40,
0: yeah, probably 39, maybe at that 94. Yeah. Let's 94. Round it off
1: to 50. Let's just round it off to 50. Okay. Easy math. You're a smart guy. Do the have me at two two hundred and twenty-five thousand buys, you said? Yeah,
0: two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Times fifty bucks. Yep. That's 11.25, 11.2 million.
1: So even with what you're paying Hogan and some of the other guys, but mostly Hogan, that still looked like a pretty smart move at that point, right?
0: Oh yeah, it sure did. Yep. 11.2 million dollars. Alex wow. Pirus Redondo says, who would you credit the record buy rate of this pay-per-view with Hogan's involvement? Would you credit it to Hogan's involvement or was it something else?
1: No, it was what it what you what it advertised to be. It was Hogan jumping ship first time on the new company, which was remotely the only competition that WWF had. was as you,
0: big. It was as big as it gets. Are you shocked though that it happened this quick? Like that it, it doubled the buy rate just this quick, this fast. Are you shocked at all by that?
1: No, but I sure was happy. I'm sure. I do not know and, what to expect, but I yeah, know this. Right. When the here's the thing. When the company's making money, Paul, and you're you're just one of the soldiers, it gives you a lot of lot of feelings and puts your your angst at, at ease because that means job
0: security. security. Bingo.
1: That's all I care about.
0: And 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 we wrap up the show with the final question. Ryan Missileff says the bash at the beach broke all records for WCW, attendance, merch, etc. Since you were on the card, did you get any extra cheese on your whopper, as JR would say, or just the same guarantee that you'd always been getting?
1: Always was the same, same guarantee. Didn't matter. And everyone else's deal, with, I would say, with the exception of probably Sting and Hogan. Same, you know, same thing. Even as much as Rick was like, they just had huge downside guarantees and okay. no matter what happened, they got it. They got their money. Same with me. Didn't bud, didn't move the needle one 50 cents.
0: Not even an extra stake that night.
1: And I was thrilled to get it.
0: That's right. But you knew, but to your point, you felt, holy shit, we're turning things around as a company, which is good.
1: And in the back of your mind, you always knew what your target date was. When does my contract run out? Okay, how much of this do we have till till this thing really gets hot? And if I'm here when my contract comes up and it's business is red hot, that's when you make more money because you resign and get a bump, get a raise. There you go.
0: There you go. Warren, well, this is going to conclude July 1994. This was a fun one, and uh, it was a huge month as far as resetting the trajectory of WCW. In the coming weeks, we're going to discuss the changes that started with this bash at the beach pay-per-view and uh, some long-term implications as well. But before we get out of here, a few reminders. I want to make sure that if your t- business targets that 25 to 54-year-old demographic there's no better place to advertise than right here with us on the Arn show you've heard us do ads for some of the same companies for years and it's because it works but so check it out advertise with arn.com right now and find out more about how you can advertise right here on the Arn show uh the enforcer and i will we'll work on your ad and make sure that we take care of you and your product together so check it out advertise with arn.com right now Arn, next week, we return with another episode of Ask Arn Almost Anything, where we hand the controls over to our fans. These are some of our favorite episodes. They're our favorite episodes and our listeners' favorite episodes. Are you ready and excited for another Ask Arn? So this is the favorite
1: of our audience? This 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 is the one they like? Okay, It's, It's our monthly specialty. Well, I will try to avoid my memory stalling or something that I just politically probably stay away from. And for the most part, you get what you ask for.
0: Oh, this is our Whopper no cheese style show where you get the beef and we're going to have a lot of fun. And I can't wait for ask Arn almost anything. Uh, Arn, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again for doing this with me this week.
1: Thank you, and uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. You know, one one little sour note, and I hate to end the show on this, but damn it, this is that. Uh, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm not a hockey fan. I'm not a basketball fan. This is like the twilight zone of sports for me until baseball starts. Right.
0: Yes, the dead opening
1: zone. day baseball, which I'm a huge Braves fan. So we're
0: going to have to entertain ourselves, buddy we are it is it is the dead zone period Uh, it's uh if you're not a basketball fan which i know aren't that's not your favorite sports because for us around this house we'll watch a little march madness we'll get into a little you know nba playoffs but for those that that's not a big deal it is dead until base. now spring training is around the corner but still uh, we got some time so uh it's time to focus on the draft, hopefully, and see what's going on with the NFL. That'll be in April before here before you know it. But, uh, buddy, in the meantime, we'll keep busy with entertaining all of you here on the Arn Show and taking you back through the Enforcer's career. And uh, next week, we're going to do, like I said, Ask Arn Anything. Arn, that's going to wrap us up for this week. On behalf of the Enforcer Arn Anderson, my tag team partner, This is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on another episode of. Arn! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together,